Today, we have the unique opportunity to dive into the mine that gave birth to a billion-dollar business during the height of one of the largest financial crises in history. Welcome to Episode 20 with Shane Moran. You are listening to Len Jones Party of Two, where experts and influencers speak honestly and openly about their keys to success. Sponsored by TrueFace.ai, where your face is the key. For more information on TrueFace, please contact your host at ian at trueface.ai. Now, pay close attention, because you're going to learn today. Oh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time zone you're in. Just know that it is a damn good day to have a damn good day. You better believe that you're just one thought, idea, or conversation away from a massive breakthrough in your life. Also worth mentioning is that just the other day, I got a phone call from a friend that I hadn't spoken to in three years, and it honestly made my week. So therefore, I challenge you to give a call to an old friend to catch up. If this 10-year Facebook challenge has taught us anything, it's that time flies. So let's spread the love to the real ones of the past. And if you're new to the podcast, our mission here is twofold. To educate aspiring entrepreneurs by dissecting the come-up stories of incredible humans by extracting the golden nuggets that you can apply now to better your life. And second, to have all my friends in my life that are making moves to meet my other friends in life that are making moves to create one giant community of extraordinary people. I am so ecstatic to have had Shane Moran on the podcast today. The amount of million dollar tips and insights he provided on a multitude of topics should be enough to fill up anyone's knowledge tanks for the week. To provide a brief background, Shane has been an enthusiastic student of Napoleon Hill's principles since he was 19 years old. On top of buying his first home at only 19, Shane went on to become the vice president of sales and marketing for a major printing firm in Ottawa, Canada at the age of 25 and assisted with and helped streamline the launching of the world's first North American television network dedicated to success. Shane has worked directly with some of the industry's most high profile speakers and trainers, including Anthony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, Jim Rohn, Les Brown, and Dr. Mark Victor Hansen. Dane is also on the advisory board of a monetary system and travels the world speaking to tens of thousands of people a month. On top of being just a super nice, genuine human, Shane is a self-made entrepreneur who co-founded a company called Organo Gold International with his friend, which he attributes to an influx of pure enthusiasm towards a crystal clear vision and belief in a product. Fast forward five years and the company did its first billion dollars in sales. Now, an international company spreading across 54 countries in 18 different languages. Shane's story is straight up magical. I mean, after this podcast, I walked out of my apartment today and saw an entire squad of unicorns. It was crazy. So beware. This episode may have side effects. After listening to this episode, I'd love for you to leave a comment telling me the one thing you liked best. It could be some sort of idea, concept, or strategy that you really got the most out of and can implement into your life now. And so, without further further ado, let's jump into it. We are live. We're here with the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Shane Moran. Shane, how you doing? I'm doing amazing. If it was any better, I'd be twins. <laughs> <laughs> you have a very unique lifestyle. You're traveling constantly. I know just recently you, you visited Costa Rica. Is, is that one of your all-time faves out of everywhere you've been? Yeah, well, call it, actually, yeah, I've been all around the world several times, and Costa Rica is the all-time favorite. It's where uh, I have my second home uh, in Costa Rica. So if I had my choice, I would love to uh, be there 99% of the time. <laughs> 
it's beautiful. The pictures you showed me were beautiful. And I see you're rocking the, the, the AirPods right now. Do you love them or what are your thoughts on the AirPods? Not really. No, I, I like them in that they're convenient. I could, you know, jog or go running or go walking with them. What I don't like is they run out of, uh, you know, the battery dies on them, right? So you got to recharge it. And so, but yeah, they're, they're okay. I, I just bought a pair, but they, they're freaking me out. Cause someone sent me an article <laughs> that like the Bluetooth to your brain is just going to just absolutely oh, no. smoke yourself. Um, okay. I'm taking one out. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, with that said, they're so convenient and the technology is improving. Yeah. I love what you said right before this. You said, if I was good with technology, I would be a dangerous person. How much yeah. of an advantage do you think that the world is now, say, 30 years ago with technology breakthroughs and starting a business and just the opportunities that they have? Uh, I love technology when it works. <laughs> when it doesn't work, like a few minutes ago, I mean, I don't I don't understand it. I'm not really big into technology. Uh, I don't spend a lot of time, you know, going into all of it. But sometimes you get a, a piece or a, a piece of technology. But for the most part, you know, for our particular industry and our business, it's belly to belly, it's face to face, you got to make that connection uh, with real people. And I find that sometimes with the tech on, on the marketing side, you know, with the technology, um, sometimes people fall into the trap that they think they're going to sit bus behind a computer and make a ton of dough. And that's rarely, rarely done. I, I, I you know, it's rare, but the, the big, big money is when you can really connect. So if you can use the technology, uh, to teach and train, that's that's where you're going to hit the home run. But really to to try to build something, it's, it's a little more difficult. Now, Shane, you've kind of been through it all in terms of business. Uh, <laughs> you're you're very, yeah. definitely living the, the American dream, the Canada dream, whatever you want to call it. Um, but you've, you've seen a lot of stuff and you've had a lot of experiences that most people will never be able to get to that that level. Um, I want to know about the OG Shane, you know, like the baby sure. Shane. So I know one thing that we were talking <laughs> about in our story. You said that you actually purchased your first house at 19 years old. Can you kind of yeah. walk us through like what was life like in those early days for you and, and where that kind of sure. entrepreneurial business jump came from? Sure. Well, first of all, you know, um, I thought I was going to be a professional hockey player. I play, I was since I was four years old. I had a pair of skates on, and I and I played at a very very high level, Triple uh, A um, in Canada. Hockey's really big, and uh, so I played at a very very high level all the way through. And and really the the track that I was on was to to you know I played with Doug Gilmore for those that are hockey fans, and and Steve Eiserman, Ally Afraidy, and Pat Lafontaine, and that's kind of telling you how old I am. But those are the guys that I played with. And and, uh, and that's where I thought I was going. And, and I remember my grandmother saying, Shane, you got to have a backup. And I misinterpreted what she was saying for you're not good enough. Right. And I, and I got really mad at my grandma. But really, you know, I, I, I thought about it. And I, I did have a backup. When I was in high school, I started studying printing and publishing. I really got, you know, pretty good at printing and publishing. And I so I kind of had that. And sure enough, uh, when I was 17 years old, uh, I was drafted in the first round. I was second pick overall. And uh, and a year later, um, I got injured, pretty serious injury, and it, it ended my career. And so uh, guess what? You know, I had a fallback. Thank, I said, thank you, Grandma. You know, so I went into the printing and publishing industry when I was 19 years old. And three months after I got started, I was making a whopping 10000 Okay, 10000 Not a month or a day or a week, but a year. <laughs> that was my first job. And a friend of mine... I'll be forever grateful handed me a book 
of Think and Grow Rich. Everyone's probably heard of that book. And if you haven't heard of it, go get it. Not now, but get it right now and read it over and over. But it was written by Napoleon Hill in 1937. And he studied basically about 500 millionaires back when there was no internet. And, you know, there was in the 1920s, he started this research project for 20 years. He interviewed over 500 of the wealthiest people. And he put together a book based on his findings. The first time I read the book, I was pretty disappointed and I didn't think it was true. And I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to set a goal that's so ridiculous, like so ridiculous. I'm going to read that book and I'm going to apply my goal to the to the book. And the goal was ridiculous. It was I was 19 years old. I just started working, you know, three months prior. And I said I was going to buy my first house, you know, while I was 19 years old in one year. Within one year, I wanted to buy my first uh property. Now, keep in mind, my parents never owned a piece of property. Uh, they weren't wealthy at all. Um, they both worked. And uh, I, I, of course, I had no experience in real estate or I didn't have any money saved up, but, but it was a goal. And so what I started to do is I read the book, Think and Grow Rich, and almost every line of the book, I was wondering, how is that going to help me buy my house? How is that going to help? How is that principle going to help me? And I went through it. And the bottom line is I did not end up buying my first house a year later, I ended up buying it six months later. So at 19 years old, I was the proud owner of my own house. My parents moved in with me. They were proud as well. And my brother moved in with me and they paid me a little bit of rent, half of what they would be paying rent, because that's what we did back then is paid rent. And uh, I thought, wow, uh, this works. And so I started focusing and 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 by bottom line, 19 years old, by the time I was 25, I became the youngest vice president in the history of a major printing company in Ottawa, Canada, which is the capital of Canada. And um, then I, I got positively addicted to personal growth. You know, I started uh, learning from people like Anthony Robbins. I got certified. I was the second person in Canada to get certified by the Robbins Research uh, Corporation. I worked with people like Jim Rohn and Mark Victor Hansen, Les Brown and Brian Tracy. I got to study and hang around and work with and learn and grow uh, with these giants in the personal development industry. So that's kind of how I got started in the in the from you know from hockey to printing uh, to then uh, went into the you know personal development industry and even to this day uh, you know I'm I'm addicted to personal development personal growth. Yeah, you have this really just sincere, genuine smile on you when you talk about this. And do you just feel like that day that you read that book at 19, like you just you fell into like a black hole of personal development? It's just you could you can never get enough type thing. Well, it was not the first reading, but after when I started connecting the dots, exactly what you said, I just I, I felt like it was like someone had handed me a blank check on life and I could write, you know, just reading that book over and over and over and over. Uh, I felt that that I had a blank check. I felt there was no limits. Uh, you know, the limits were in my mind. And and I believe that today, you know, uh, Napoleon Hill said, whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe it can achieve. And that's there's it's just something that I live by. If you can conceive it, if you can think about it, it's possible. It's possible. How does it feel when you're a very young guy and you're in a sense managing or overlooking you know people that might be twice your age say that when you were the vp <laughs> in that printing company yeah. do you think that someone can use and, and just uh, digest enough personal development to just accelerate their mind to a whole nother level do you think that's like the biggest thing that got you to that to be able to feel confident in that position absolutely and i have a feeling on this call we're going to be giving several multi-million dollar tips to, to your listeners and this is going to be one of the the times here with what you just said. Here's a little distinction uh, because when when I was asked uh, 
to become the vice president of a major printing company and I was only 25 years old, I had never been a vice president of anything. And the first inclination in my mind was, are you kidding me? I'm only 25. This is what I was thinking. I never said it. Thank God. I'm only 25. How could you ask me to be the vice president? And these, you know, and, and then I and then I thought, you know what? I'll figure it out. I'll, so I accepted the job. I, it was a promotion, actually, because I was the sales manager and I broke all the records in this particular company. And then they said, hey, let's make this guy the vice president. Let him run the whole uh, uh, marketing side and sales and marketing. And again, my first and, th and this might apply to some people when when someone's offering you something and you might think I am not qualified to do that. But I thought, no, let me do it. I'll figure it out. I will figure this out. I don't know how I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to figure it out. So I lived my life in that way. So I've been offered opportunities that I had not really the experience uh, to, to, to really jump into it. But I, I thought, you know what, let's let's give it a try. Let's and if I can't do it, I'll tell you I can't do it. So that's kind of. The little tweak, but yes, uh, every single one of our sales reps were older than I, and most of them could have been my parents at that time. But I had the philosophy and I had the simplicity of of the the, the process of of the sales process and the the relationship building and the uh, you know and the strategy on how to grow. And we we really grew and and built a quite a large organization in a very very short period of time. So. I love how you bring all this up because I think that there's a lot to learn from. There's a lot you can learn in a traditional business. Um, being deep in the network marketing space, a lot of people will say that network marketing is life. It's it's the everything. It's the end all be all. But there's still a lot you can learn in any traditional type of business. You went on to take all these skills and then you got involved into the network marketing industry. Can you tell us about like how that kind of came into fruition? Sure. First of all, I hated network marketing. All right. So I want to be upfront with everyone because if you're if, if for your listeners that are involved in the industry, they get that a lot from other people. That was me. All right. And I said, there's no possibility I'm going to do now. I'm a, you know, I want to be a, a speaker and I wanted to go out there and teach and train and no, no network. Market. I don't want to go sell soap door to door. And that's not me. That was my thinking at that time until Jim Rohn. Uh, uh, I was on the road in Saskatoon, Canada with Jim Rohn. And he said, Shane, he says, have you ever thought of network marketing? I said, are you kidding? Because I knew he was involved with Herbalife, but he didn't talk about it, you know, when he was doing his seminar. But he was involved with Herbalife. And I said, no, no, that's that shake company. And ah, that's not me. And I, I can't do stuff like that. He goes, no, no, no. I'm, I just found out about a new company and their product. You'll never believe what it, what it is. I said, what is it? It's personal development. They're going to bring personal development into people's homes through satellite TV. And I thought, wow, personal development and network marketing. Now I believed in the product. Right. And so I helped bring uh, there was a company out there uh, called TPN, the People's Network. And I, I helped bring them to Canada. That was my first uh, venture into network marketing. So you got pitched by Jim Rohn. Yeah, he introduced me to to uh, TPN. And then I met Jeff Wilson and Eric Worre and Darren Hardy, uh, you know, and all those guys. So how did you meet Jim Rohn? Well, through um, uh, through um, I was I was first of all, I was with Anthony Robbins uh, and I was a, a certified facilitator with the Robbins Research uh, Group. And then. Uh, from there, I went on to a company called Success Source in Canada, and they were hooked into all of these different speakers like Jim Rohn. And so I started doing what I was doing for Anthony Robbins, but doing it for Success Source. And we had access to all of these. Uh, one of those speakers was Jim Rohn. And that's how, uh, you know, one of his events was up in Saskatoon. Well, he did Toronto. He did a tour through Canada. And I was and I would go in six weeks before Jim, you know, arrived and I would go do these mini workshops to kind of pitch 
you know, to kind of tell, get everybody fired up about buying tickets right now to come and see Jim Rome. That's how I met him. And he's, he was such an amazing, humble, humble, very quiet uh, person, Very just an amazing, amazing person. But when he spoke, man, the wisdom. And so I'll tell you a little quick little funny story because I knew of Anthony Robbins before I met Jim Rohn. And the first time I heard Jim Rohn speak, I'll never forget, I said, how dare he stealing all of Anthony Robbins stuff, man? Who is this guy, right? And I was a little crazy, but it didn't take me too long to realize, wait a second, Jim, it was Anthony Robbins that was mentored by Jim Rohn. And I didn't know that until I heard you know, Jim Rohn speak and the dots kind of came together. So that's kind of an interesting uh, story. That's how I met Jim. That's that's incredible. I yeah. we, were, we were talking offline and you mentioned a time when you were selling tickets for an event. Oh, and geez. can you tell us that story of how maybe your ego got in front of you and, and kind of that? Yeah, it's a it's another there's an, here's another million dollar, uh, maybe more uh, opportunity for your listeners. When I was with uh, Anthony Robbins, it was a 21 straight day intensive like uh, course. We had to learn everything inside, outside, backwards, and we would sleep. I would guess maybe four or five hours, maybe six hours a night if we were lucky, right? In 21 straight days, we got one day off actually. So, you know, uh, but um, at the end of that, I was certified to go and do these mini workshops for for Anthony Robbins, and I it was just the dream job for me. Except I didn't get paid. I was Commission only. If I produced, I got paid, right? In these first two weeks, they might have put me in front of 600 people, maybe 800, I don't know, a lot of people, because uh, I would be speaking three to five times a day, and the groups might have been 20, 30 people, or, you know, 15 people, 50 people, They're just different numbers, different sales organizations. I would go in and, and talk, and 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 in my first couple of weeks, I get a call from the from the corporation and uh, it's, uh, hey Shane, how's it going? I said, I love this job, I'm so excited, I'm fired up about this, you know? And they said, uh, let me ask you a question, who's coming uh, to the event uh, that's coming up in four weeks? And I said, uh, everybody's coming. They said, everybody's coming, how do you know everybody's coming? I said, they told me, they, told, they said, Shane, man, you're the best, man, We've, you're such a great speaker, they would pat me on the back and and I said, yeah, and I was telling the story, right? And they said, yeah, but who's coming? I said, they're all coming. How do you know? Because they told me they're coming. Okay, and they're going to call you? And they, and I said, of course they're going to call me. They're going to come. And they said, well, do, can you do me a favor? Can you call all of those people? And when they do call you, ask for blue. And I said, blue? What, what do you mean? Because you're going to be blue in the face holding your breath. They're not coming, right? They're not coming. If you didn't sell the ticket while you were there, they're not coming, Shane. Like, you know, so... Stop fooling yourself. So they said, uh, let's go over the script. Uh, come on, review it with me. Tell me what you're saying. And they wanted to know what my strategy was to produce zero sales in my first two weeks. Zero. I didn't sell one ticket in two weeks. And they put me in front of all these people. And I said, uh, no, 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 I'm doing my thing. I'm doing my own thing. They said, you're doing your own thing. Well, here's the deal. If you don't get, if you don't memorize this 45 minute script within one week, you're out of here. We don't need you. Bye bye. Right. And I thought, how could I get fired from a job? You know, that I only got paid if I produced a result. So anyway, I got serious and I memorized the script. I memorized the script and then results, you know, a week later they called me and they tested me and I knew that thing inside, outside. It took me a week of almost 16 hours a day just practicing just for a 45-minute script. Can you imagine that? And so the lesson there for me is that and what I've done and what we've done throughout my entire career from that point is that if I'm going to present something, it's I've got a script. I know exactly what to say. And, and here's the thing. For those of your listeners that are in network marketing, 
you know, I, I, I made a distinct, I distinguish between people who are making money and why is it that some people don't make money? I can tell you 90% of the people that are not making money, it's because they don't have a script. They don't know, they're gonna, you know, I would say, what would you say to me? For example, you don't know if I'm a customer and you don't know if I might be a business builder, but tell me what you would say to me when you approach me. And if the person goes, uh, ooh, uh, uh, well, uh, it depends. If they do something like that, I know they're not making any money. And the person that says, here's what I'd say, boom, boom, boom. They know exactly what to say. They're making money. The biggest lesson I just got from there is, would you say that through the usage of scripts, anybody, whether they're a good speaker, a bad speaker, super confident, non-confident, can become an absolute rock star selling anything just through scripts? Absolutely. But here's the key, simple scripts. Something so simple that you can teach a 12-year-old. Nothing complicated. Why? Because if it's complicated, A, I'm not going to do it. B, I'm not going to teach it. And C, it won't duplicate. It's not, you know. But when you can say, here's what you say. One, two, three, four. Here's what you do. Here's the simple. And, and the person goes, I can do that. That's easy. I could do that. When they start thinking that they can do it, guess what? They're going to do it. At least they're going to try to do it. And so we keep everything, you know, and it's important that especially the leaders or the or or the people that are that are dreaming and and striving to become a leader keep it simple and 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 make sure you're scripted make sure that you know exactly now it doesn't have to sound like a script it could be a normal conversation and it should be a normal conversation but you got to know exactly what you're going to say or you're just going to be winging it and that's the challenge and that's one of the biggest challenges i see today in the industry is that too many are out there with with um they're not trained and they're not they, they're just winging it every time, depending on who they're speaking to. Uh, they try to change their approach. And that's a mistake, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a very big difference between being a distributor inside of any sort of network marketing business. Obviously, network marketing is one of the largest industries in the world, the second largest out of any other industry. Um, but to make that jump from being a distributor, being in the field, loving it, and then going into starting your own gig, I mean, Number one, the chances of failure are so high uh, just because of any <laughs> traditional small business. The chance, you're not seeing profit for three to five years in most situations. Can you kind of give us like the behind the scenes look into what even manifested the idea to what actually made oh. it a reality to what actually got <laughs> you to put pen in hand and like make this a dream come true? Because people see... Organo Gold now, you're in, what, 56 countries or something? Yeah, over 50 countries. It's incredible. Yeah, incredible story. Uh, the first thing is, is that it's a, I, I saw, I love coffee, first of all. Like that's, that, that before Organo, I was drinking three to five cups a day and everybody I knew was drinking coffee. So the product itself and the genius of how, you know, Bernie Chua, who's the, who was the, who's the founder uh, of this, he's a genius that put this product together, first of all. So I loved the product, and if I love the product, I'm gonna talk about it. So my role really was to help put the system and the compensation and the, the vision for the distributors. And my uh, idea, because when we started, we had no money. There was no inventory. There was no, we didn't have a warehouse. We didn't have a logo. We didn't have a name of a company. There was no uh, uh, top income earners in the company. There was nothing, we didn't have a customer. You know, and I, and, I, and I did one of my first presentations, I'll never forget, and the person says, well, who's making money? you know, in your, in your, in your thing. And I go, well, I was kind of hoping you'd be the first, right? <laughs> like, no, it wasn't happening. So, uh, so what, what the, the approach that, that, that we took was just to simplify a simple, simple system that I could teach anybody because we were not attracting 
the network marketers because we didn't have the track record. We didn't have the, we didn't have anything. And so I felt that, if, and, and I started with myself. So everything, every part of the system I did myself. And my first question was, can I make a full-time living just retailing the product? This is a big one uh, for network marketers out there. You know, and you want to ask yourself that question. Can you make a full-time living just going after customers? And in a very, very short period of time, I've proven to myself I could make a full-time living if I never signed up a distributor. And once I realized that, I knew. I said, don't worry. We don't have any money. We're going to figure this one out because we can get people making a lot of money by teaching simple strategies to help them go get some customers. And if they get customers, they're going to make money. And if they make money, they're going to get excited. Maybe they're going to tell some of their customers, hey, maybe you can make money and it's coffee. So it's, so that's kind of the 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 vision of uh, and, and the energy and the inspiration that came from it wasn't about making money. If it was about making money, we'd probably be broke right now. It was about helping other people. It was about helping others to make money. Right? So, so you, I'm assuming you and Bernie were longtime friends. Not really. We were we were. We weren't even friends. We were acquaintances when I got the call. We were just, we, I knew him. I knew of him and he knew of me, but we weren't, weren't really friends and, and, uh, was kind of a, a call that changed my life. Uh, when he called and said he was thinking about launching this company and he was looking for a global master distributor, but guess what? I had never been a global master distributor in my life. Right. But I said, yeah, I think I could do that, right? But I had never, you know, marketed outside of Canada, the United States, but I became the global master distributor. But guess what? We figured it out as we went, right? We started figuring it out. So uh, the key was to start local, get that system down. And if you get a good system that works, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, just over and over, then you can grow that to wherever you want in the world, right? But if you don't figure the simple things on how to generate a little bit of money, you're not going to grow a big business. And again, one of the mistakes that I see in network marketing, especially with companies that have gone international, is the person hasn't figured out how to build in their local market, but they want to build in Taiwan or they want to build in Germany. Well, it's going to cost you a little, a couple bucks to fly over there and support. Can you afford, you know, to do that? And so people, you know, it's a it's a big dream to build an international company, but you, if you don't have your 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 system down. Uh, from right where you are to the neighbor on the right, the neighbor on the left, and maybe across the street. If you can't get that done, then forget about international. Yeah. Did you have any um, like communication uh, troubles in the beginning? Uh, a lot of times people see the gloriousness of building a company and everything that you've done, but they don't see kind of like the nitty bitty, the bickering back and forth, the thoughts that, oh my God, I can't do this or like, or maybe getting overwhelmed. Were you and Bernie just always like 1000% lit on fire and belief? Or were there times where, you know, it really got super, like you got pretty down on yourself. Like maybe this isn't going to happen. That, I got to be honest with you, it never happened. Uh, the, the I was inspired. I was really, really inspired about the, the impact that we can have. You see the vision that Bernie had that really fired me up. It wasn't that, that you know, if he would have said, hey, Shane, I'm going to be the CEO of the company. Why don't you follow me? I, I'm not interested in that. You know, if he would have said, hey, we can make a lot of money. I'm not interested in that. I can make a lot of money robbing banks but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> you know, but but what he said to me was, Shane, I've got an idea that we can bring, we can bring the treasures of the earth to the people of the world. And right away, I saw this massive vision of helping people, regardless of their language, regardless of their religious backgrounds, regardless of their political affiliations, regardless of the, the color of their skin. It didn't matter because it was, the, the vision was so big 
that I, I got fired up and I saw this massive, massive amount of people coming. And so I, I felt I had a big responsibility to, to really, really, really simplify this so that we didn't exclude anyone from the opportunity of making, you know, a, a little bit of money. So our target was always, you know, the person that's struggling and they just need a couple hundred bucks a month. They just need a. They, they don't want to become a millionaire. They want to. They they need a couple hundred, two, three, four hundred bucks a month would change their life. And I felt that we could put us the, the the simplicity uh, the simplicity of you know of of coffee for example that of, of the product uh, to help you know help them learn and boil water and stir fifteen times this way four times that way and share a cup of coffee with your friends if they like it great you know so that so that that's what I got fired up about so we didn't really in the beginning. You know, we didn't really focus and didn't really discuss a lot about money. We really didn't. We just focused on who can we help. And so every day I was fired up about, look, I got somebody else. I got somebody else. And we, and we were having, you know, like distributors, for example, with no experience, signing five, six people up a week, right? And I'm going like, this is crazy. This is amazing. And so uh, that that's kind of the, the the fun part of it. So we didn't really run into that normal like bickering back and forth there was really no bickering we were so busy we had no time to bicker you know <laughs> and this was back in the height of one of the largest financial crises it was the exact middle it was june of 2008 it was in the very center of the biggest financial crisis in history so far and that's when we launched with no money uh, we didn't have any backing we didn't have any investors there was no multi-million dollar plan it was about let's sell some coffee let's move some coffees by the cup by the box by the case and eventually by the container and let's make a difference let's make an impact uh, because the you know the coffee was helping people in in their in many ways in their you know health and aliveness and also helping people earn extra money that they needed so desperately at that time absolutely and I, as companies grow you're always making decisions thinking they're the, the right ones but obviously you learn as you grow and you know, yeah. every level, the, I, the phrase, every level, there's a new devil and different things like that. Yeah. Um, if yeah. you could have, in looking back in the origins of the company and where you are at now, um, if there was a few things that you could have whispered in your ear day one when you're with Bernie sitting at that table that would have saved you so much of a headache, uh, just whatever that is, what would those things be if there, if, if there is any? From day one, we were good uh, because it was just inspired. Everything was inspired. Uh, day, you know, year one, year two, our our kind of big mistakes and blunders were the technology to allow people to to you know to purchase the coffee quickly and simply. You know, we're not there. And so as the, as from 2008, in our first five years, by the way, we did over a billion dollars in sales in total sales. That's ridiculous i don't know how else to put it but uh, that that's crazy but we did it 97 percent of that came just through a friend talking to a friend there was no we didn't have we were not focused on the technology at all right so we did this all like the you know you hear today online don't do it the stupid way you know talk to friends and fam blah, blah you know all that stuff but guess what <laughs> we did it the stupid way right but we did a billion dollars in sales and that's where the where the technology comes in if i had a to go back, uh, maybe in those first five years, we would have maybe hired the most brilliant, you know, technology guy or the technology team in the world to put something simple together. So, so our customers could point and click and order and have it shipped to them quickly. Yeah. That would be the big one for me. Did you develop a strong sense of like, um, daily, uh, daily method of operations in terms of 
What did you need to do every single day when you wake up in the morning to make it feel like you accomplished something for the day? You got it. This is a big, big, big one. And this is the one. Here's another guy. You're coming up with the million dollar ones today. I don't know how many millions we're going to have by the end of this call, but that's a big one. And what I call that is is the daily method of operation is zone one. You got us. If you're in network marketing and you're not in zone one, your check is going to go down. Guaranteed. What is zone one? Zone one would be, for example, in, our, in, in any case, you're sampling whatever your product is, okay? Sample, 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 sample. Get those samples out so people can experience, have an experience, whether it's a service or whether it's a, a product or whatever the product is. You've got to be in, in that zone of sampling. You've got to be retailing. There's only about a half a dozen things that you need to be focused on every single day. There's about a half a dozen things. And it's not, you know, organizing your files. It's not, you know, complaining about the weather and about, you know, it's about the simple things like sampling. It's about retailing. You know, it's about presenting. Tell your story over and over and over. Tell your story. It's about following up. You know how many, I don't I, you've seen this, where the, the distributors are all fired up and they go and present, but they never follow up. And so that person ends up going in maybe to a different organization or going into another company or whatever it is because there was no follow-up. So follow-up is part of that daily method of operation. You want to be following up, following up with every, you know, so you've got to have a method to do that. Um, you know, signing new distributors and signing up new customers. And the biggest one, one of the biggest ones, especially if you're growing, is you got to be, you got to develop the skill, okay, the skill or the ability to teach a baby distributor what to do. Because here's what happens, Ian, in, my, in, in what I've seen all over the world, is that we're growing the business and we get so good at sponsoring or recruiting, right, for, for your, and you're getting all fired up, but you forget that they don't know what they're doing. They're just a baby distributor. You've got to take them by the hand and you've got to show them what to do, not by telling them what to do, but by showing them. Say, hey, watch me. Watch what I do. And then you, you let them watch you until they develop the confidence that they say, I could do this. Right. And once they learn how to do it, now they're free. Now you're free as well because you don't have to spend so much time. Right. But one of the so the sixth thing is you, you want to become an expert at teaching people how to get started. Show them how to make their first dollar. Show them how to make their first 10 or their first 100 bucks. And once they see, wow, this works, I can make money, then they can go on and build as big as they want. But most and I see this a lot. Um, distributors don't spend enough time teaching the baby distributor what to do to to launch their business yeah and it's cool that your foundation from the beginning was all based on can i make enough money just going retail with this which seems to be with especially i know you had a chance to check out the recent interview i did with bk um with everything that happened yeah. with the ftc case with vima do you think that like I would love to kind of hear your perspective on just all of that, like from as a as a fellow company owner um, that has a lot of different responsibilities. And did that decision and what happened with Vima and the FTC, did that kind of like, I don't know, affect Organo in any sort of way or maybe change <laughs> your course or the industry in general? Do you think that there was a big uh, learning lesson there? Absolutely. And as a matter of fact, it was the only time in our history where we had four board meetings regarding that exact topic okay four separate board meetings talking about the 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 i don't even want to the train wreck that occurred in 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 that particular situation we were not happy at all at all it's a it's a compet they were a competitor they were an awesome competitors of or organo but you know what when that happened to them we were not happy 
at all about that. So we knew right away that there, there had to be some big, big, big changes in the industry. And, and this is exactly the direction. And, 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 you know, when we look back and I think when the industry looks back, I think they're going to thank you know what happened. They're gonna. You know how when it happens, it's a it's a train wreck. But when you look back, say thank God that happened because now, I believe many many more companies, if they don't get it right, they're not going to be in business very much longer. And, and so, and I think what's happening now, from my understanding, this is just through the the grapevine, is that um, is that the future is about getting those customers. And if you and if your product isn't good enough to go get a real customer, you shouldn't be in business. And I think. Uh, especially in the network marketing uh, industry, you, your product has to stand up by itself. And from what I heard, because I met some people in Europe, actually, uh, in Vima, and one thing after this happened, right? And and one thing that I learned, they were still in love with those products. They were in love with those. And I said, there is something that's, that's, that it's a big, that's a big one. When the company went through this train wreck, but the people speak so highly about those products. And that is the sign that, that there's some big, big things to come. Big, big things to come. So I heard another interview that you did, um, and it was kind of similar. And so I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a shift right now because the tone was, let's focus on go getting those customers. Let's get those customers because if again, if the product isn't good enough to market to a customer, they shouldn't be doing. You know, can't be just a, a, a reason. You know, to move money amongst friends. In, in a lot of cases. That's what's happening is that these companies are starting up right, left, and center, and it's really a reason to, to just move some money amongst friends, and um, and so I think it's the future. I think it's the future is to is to train and teach uh, new distributors uh, how to how to build a massive group of customers and service those customers. A question for you regarding the the last thing you just said: move money amongst friends, because that's pretty much the the subtitle of a pyramid scheme um yeah I, I like how you i like how you say that because like i i i don't know much about this but from what i found just in my speakings in my own life and just hearing from people people in say south america and other parts of the world are much more open to those methods of building a business do you think that there's the industry is regulated internationally well or do you think that it is um like, do you think what happens in the United States reflects largely on the entire world? Or do you think that different uh, countries have different rules and how they approach all these things? No, I don't. I think that um, it's all going to catch up. What happens in the United States is the signal. It's like the canary in the in the coal mine, right? Uh, something happened in the United States. You better be paying attention uh, because that's the future. And, 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 and sure enough, um, what happened in the United States has affected Europe, has affected Latin America, you know, has affected Asia. And so it's a ripple effect. And of course, but yeah, we see um, we see a, a lot of these companies that are starting up and, and, and there's some people that are experts. They design, they're designed and they're built. These people are just, they're built. And I don't know how they do it because not the way I think. I can't even think this way. But they, 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 they jump into something and they bring a bunch of people and within two or three months, they're into another one and they're jumping around. And guess what? The people that are doing that, they're making money. That's the problem is that they're going to make some money uh, doing that. But it's such a, um, a it's, it's not a long term strategy. It's not a long term. I wouldn't bet, you know, I wouldn't go down that road. I don't I don't recommend it. And <clears throat> the simple thing is uh, you want to ask, what's the product and would you buy it as a customer? If there was no business attached, that's as simple as that. Would you buy this product if there was no business attached? And the person says, no, no, no. The only reason I'm buying the product is because I can make money. That's 
there's no future in, in that thing. And I, and I wouldn't want to leave that. And here's another little thought, especially if we're talking about network marketing, is that you want to think, is what you're doing something you'd be proud to hand over to your children's children? Huh? So that, that'll stop someone real quick. So if the product is a solid product that's really helping people, yeah, I'm very proud to hand it to my children's children's children and say that's the, you know, uh, that's the company or that's the the product, you know. But if 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 they say, no, 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 I wouldn't even, you know, would you would you sell it to your mother? No, 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 I wouldn't do that. Then don't 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 put your name. You only got one name, right? One name. And once you ruin that name, it's very difficult to, you know, to get that credibility back. Definitely, definitely. So Shane, one thing that I, I loved talking um, to you about, and, and I see your smile just blow up over this subject, and it's your fascination with the monetary system. Can you kind of wow. explain, you know, where that first came into play? And, and you know, obviously everyone uh, has some degree level of interest in how money moves and stuff, but you're, you really have a fascination. Can you kind of tell us where that all began? Well, yeah, sure. Um, it, it began actually at the beginning of Organo. We called it Organo Gold, Organo Gold, right? Organo Gold. And and one of the reasons and one of the thought forms, even in 2008, uh, was that what I wanted to do is to develop a simple system to help people, step one, generate some cash flow, generate some cash flow, right? And I knew if we could do this right, we would generate cash flow, generate more, generate more, generate more. And the person had enough cash flow, they had enough to live, but they had extra. And with that extra, the thought was, why not accumulate wealth? So there's there's two things. There's the cash flow part of it where you're generating cash flow, but the other side is accumulation model where you wanted to accumulate. And, and I couldn't think of a better thing to accumulate for long-term wealth. And I'm talking about wealth that you pass on to, from generation to generation again, and that's gold and silver, physical gold and silver. And so I became fascinated. And at the time, you know, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give our distributors the option day one, when we named the company, the day that we named the company, we met the, with the lawyers and said, I want to give our distributors all over the world as we grew um, the option of collecting their paychecks in the currency, US, Canadian, whatever dollars, whatever euros, or in gold, their choice, right? Little slide, I visualized a little slider and say, give me 50% of the of the, the cash and give me 50% in gold that I'm gonna accumulate. That was kind of the concept. And the lawyer quickly said, that's illegal. <laughs> He's like, You're gonna get <laughs> shut down doing stuff like that, right? And so he kind of let it, like put it on the back burner. And, um, but today, 10 years later, Guess what? There's these digital currencies uh, that is a whole other, um, I guess, asset uh, that's out there that makes it. And the technology is now making it possible to do what we talked about in the very, very beginning. And so my my real fascination is in physical, real. I'm not talking about paper and a certificate that says you own gold. I'm talking about physical gold, physical silver, in my opinion. Uh, is is real money. It has been for thousands and thousands of years, and it will continue to be uh, for thousands and thousands of years. So that that's that, that that's the kind of foundation of. Uh, it, here's the thing: uh, gold and silver are never going to go to zero, but your stocks could, and the dollar, Canadian, U.S., the Mexican peso, you know, the the euro, they could go to zero. Uh, the Argentinian, just ask the Argentinians and ask the Venezuelans right now about their about their money, right? It's it went up. I think something like a uh, uh, went up by something like uh, or went down by like a million, if 
by a, by a, by a factor of a million within a couple of years, which is ridiculous, right? So it's like, it's it's worthless. Yeah. Is there is there like a certain kind of philosophy that you have when um, looking at where to put your money? Like maybe say you know you were talk you're speaking to someone right out of college, and if you were to kind of give them like a portfolio or some sort of um, method of figuring out their distribution, say they take 30% off of their paycheck every single month sure. and they want to invest that 30%, what would that kind of blueprint look at look like based on your experience? Yeah. What, what my, my recommendation would always be, you know, to when you're, when you're going to purchase, for example, physical uh, gold or silver, when you do that, forget about that money for the next 10 years. Don't look at it as, in terms of I'm going to buy it and sell it and buy it and sell it and trade and do all that stuff like you want to because it's accumulating and so you want to you want to develop the mindset that you're going to live and bills come up and things come up and emergencies come up but whenever you can you know 10 20 bucks 30 bucks 50 bucks 100 if you have 200 extra get it into physical silver or physical gold and store that thing you know in a vault uh, it, you know at the beginning you can put some in your home you know, as long as you don't tell too many people where it is, right? But you want to, you want to, you want to develop the mindset that as as every month, if you can, and every year, you want to start accumulating and accumulating and accumulating and accumulating uh, this physical uh, asset called gold and silver. Um, that that that's what I do. So everybody's going to be different. I can't give you a percentage because everyone's different. Everyone struggles, and you never know what comes up. And people are just trying to make it. But if if they can, like, you know, 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, just keep on accumulating. Because once you buy it, you, you know, your mindset is you're keeping it for a long, long, long time. And all of a sudden, you wake up and you're wealthy. That's wealth accumulation as opposed to income generation. So people get involved in network marketing, and they and you've you've heard the stories, right? They're, they're, they be, they become millionaires in network marketing, but then all of a sudden, they're out of the business for a year and they're broke. How, how is this even possible, right? Mm -hmm. Because they they did generate, but they didn't accumulate. They didn't, you know. You know, there's a saying that says it's not what you earn, it's what you keep. Well, this is what I'm talking about. You want to keep something, and and what better thing to keep than than gold or silver, physical? I mean, when I was 20 years old, I had a lot of immediate success with network marketing, and um, I was a picture perfect <laughs> example of what you just mentioned. Um, luckily, yeah. I, I wasn't as bad as other people. I mean, but at the same time, you you do develop this fantasy when people think of the word residual income. In their mind, they think of a unicorn just flying over the house, dumping a treasure <laughs> chest every single month, and they are on vacation, yeah. which is not the case. There's a maintenance portion. And I love um, one thing that I've heard my dad say before is the only way to coast is downwards. It's like I feel like if well, you're not building and putting energy into anything, whether it be a hobby, whether it be your dog, whether it be something, it's going to go downwards. Would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's almost like... Um, you know, what you, what you just said just sparked an idea. You know, you picture a hill like going up and down and up and down and where you really, really want to pedal, for example, when it's easy, when it's easy, when things are going great, that's when you want to pedal. For example, on a bike, when you're going down a hill, you want to pedal. Why? Because you're going to be about to go up a hill and the more momentum you have going down the hill, the easier it's going to be to go up that hill because it's coming, right? So it's like the the seasons up and down and up and down. So when you when when things are flying and when things are rolling, that's when you want to, like you said, you want to you, you you don't just want to let go. You want to make sure you've got something happening to create that momentum for the next uphill that's coming because they come. 
and the, and I guess the big fallacy is it's always going to be easy riding once you get to that level, and it's not. There's always effort involved, and yeah. Yeah, Shane, it's it's cool to me because you're just like a super jolly, happy person. Like from the Wazoo, you have this way of being very genuine, just like on the phone, just in like you're just a very genuine person. And my question is for someone that's had the level of success that you've had uh, in business, um, because obviously someone can have all the money in the world and not be happy. You seem to be someone that you know has really kind of captured all your life's dreams, but you have this super badge of pride on you. Do you think that there's like a certain thing that helps? Uh, like, is there a certain level that you hit that you can't go higher or like what drives you to continuously be happy? Like, do you think that it's the same things that kept you happy 10 years ago? Or do you think that's like what makes you happy these days compared to, say, 10, 20 years ago? Sure. First of all, we're always expanding. That's our job in life, right? We're born to expand. And so we're growing and we're expanding. And so you you never know what's coming down the road, right? You don't you, you can't predict uh, uh, what what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen. But um, one of the things for me is I wake up in the morning and I'm happy. I don't know why. I just wake up and I've developed a habit of the first when I open up my eyes, I'm I'm happy. Uh, and I've developed that habit that I get my momentum rolling. Uh, in that way for the day, right? And then it could happen maybe by 10 o'clock, I could stub my toe and, and oh man, and then it, it it messes things up a little bit, right? But then when I go to sleep at night, I'm, I'm determined I'm waking up happy tomorrow, right? But But here's the thing is that there's a difference in my opinion between Taking action, this is one of the big lessons, right, is that that you hear it all the time. Take action, take action. That's fine, but but the hospitals all over the world are filled with people that have taken too much action uh, because their physical bodies just start falling apart. But what I like and what I want to kind of just maybe kind of guide towards is what about this idea? Why don't you take inspired action instead of just action? Action, you take action when you're inspired to take action. And when we started our company with the zero, we had nothing. I'm, I mean that. Uh, we really didn't. We just had an idea. Right? And we were so inspired and so fired up that we figured things out as we went. We just kept things simple and we figured it out. We figured it out. We figured it out. But if we just did it for the money and said, let's take massive action and, and let's make some money, right? We'd probably be in the hospital by now, right? And so um, sometimes it just takes settling down maybe for those that meditate or for those that just go for a walk or something and quiet the mind down and let those inspired thoughts come to you those have you ever had let me ask you have you ever had an idea that just came out of nowhere boom and it came and 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 it, it caused you to jump out of your seat and move you know to do something that's what i'm talking about right that's what you see i could tell by just looking at you that you went oh yeah i got i got one of those right and you can remember specifically you know, those things. Well, how did that thought come to you? Probably because you were just relaxed and all of a sudden, boom, it comes like a bolt of lightning. And my encouragement for the entrepreneurs out there that want to maybe start their own business or get a promotion or, you know, get in, you got to find a way to get inspired. And when it comes from within, now you're talking a whole different ballgame. And here's the thing, when you find something you're inspired and when you find something that you love to do so much that you'd actually do it for free, you never have to work a day in your life. And if you never have to work a day in your life, you're going to be happy, just like me. Right? You, you, <laughs> I'm happy because I don't I don't find any of it work. I don't find any of it work. And the day that I find what I'm doing work is the day that I'll do something else, right? So that's kind of a couple little uh, little tips. But here's the thing. Don't start the negative momentum. 
if you want to achieve something really great in your life, there's zero. And if, if your listeners have a pen, you might want to write this one down. Zero, zero room for negativity. There is no room for negativity. Zero room. Not a percent or two percent. Zero. Zero negativity if you want to achieve great things in your life. And so when you run across negative situations, change directions immediately. You know, when you, when you have a negative thought, you know, do something like you put an elastic around your wrist and just snap it. You know, just snap that thing so it goes, oh, and change your direction. And so lean towards things that make you feel good. Lean toward, and people know the difference between something that feels good and something that doesn't feel good. People know, you know, have you ever noticed that you could walk into a room and you've never met this person, but you just automatically like them? You don't even know who they are, what they're, but you just automatically like them, right? It's just this feeling, right? And, it, and, the, and on the other hand, there are people in this, there are not many of them, but they keep moving around a lot that you walk into the room and you immediately dislike them. And so my encouragement would be just focus on things you really love to do and ask yourself the question, what do I love to do so much that I actually do it for free? You know, and what I do, I love so much, I would do it for free. Now don't tell Bernie about that. Okay. <laughs> but I would do it. I love so much. I do it for free. So these are some of the, the little, little, little tips and what gets me excited and, what really inspires me and and to me helping people i love you know traveling around the world and and i meet all kinds of people and most of the people by the way that i meet are brand new they've never seen me before they've never heard me before they've heard of me maybe but they've never i've never met them and i, I and i love looking out at the audience and and seeing the person with their arms crossed and they're so negative and i said those arms are coming we're going to get those we're going to get you standing up and we're going to get you focused on your dreams not my dreams i got my my dreams are cool but most people don't have a dream big enough to get inspired right they don't if they're they're not happy it's because they're not dreaming big enough right yeah it's like you know it's like you're you're high on that new personal development drug you know it's like you just want to give yeah. it to everybody i love it it's Everything you just said there was so many, so many brain berries because yeah. I love what you said about you can feel people's energy as soon as you walk in the room. You know, everyone listening yeah. should ask themselves, are you that person? Are you the person that just has this aura around you that's just a pure positivity? Or are you someone that just like a mosquito that's just blood sucking everything out of you? It's like every day we need to strive to be happier, better people. And I also love what you said about those ideas that come in. Uh, I know for a lot of people, it's the shower. You know, I know for me, it's like whenever I'm in the yeah. shower, I don't know what yeah. it is. The shower is where dreams are born. Um, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, I know I got you there. I've had massive, like, uh, bolts of... I call them bolts of light and lightning. These these massive pieces of information that come as fast as you can s snap your finger. Big piece. It's impossible to get information that fast. But guess what? It's possible. And that's what I'm talking about. And and if you could imagine if you could do it on purpose, though, imagine if you could just get into a state and cause or allow these bolts to come in this piece piece of information and and and, and get inspired. So that that's I mean, that this is this is exciting. This is where this is what I love to talk about. And this is what I this is the future, I think, of what's going to happen uh, out there is people create they're going to receive thoughts that are so amazing. And now we can take action. Now we get, you know, instead of waking up in the morning, oh God, I got to brush my teeth again. I just brushed them last night, you know, and I got to put my, oh, my clothes, what am I going to wear and uh, doing that. And I got, I got to go to work and I got to make some money and it's kind of, it's kind of resistance, right? It's, it feels like resistance. But when you, when you've got that inspiration, 
to do something big, um, there's no resistance. It's like flowing. It's like you're moving in the right direction, like a magnet. Yeah. And the other, and the other addition to that is like right now my morning routine is, um, I, I wake up and I, I juice because I'm trying to heal some of my stomach Perfect. issues and autoimmune stuff. So I've been juicing celery and, uh, you know, ginger and cucumber and all this stuff, but it's like this 30 minute process, which is kind of annoying. Mm. But what I do is I throw on my, um, my, uh, cancer inducing airpods or whatever hopefully they're good uh and i throw i throw on the art of exceptional living um by jim rome and that's like the audio that's really got me just like just feeling life just i I love everything he says there and one thing that is important to note about these ideas that come into our minds is acting on the idea the moment it comes into your mind like if if you look at your library and you don't have a big library, right now go and order the next book. Or if you want to create a blog post, create a blog post right now. Like if you want to create your email list, stop what you're doing and act on it. Because if you don't write it down or act on it, it's just going to float away. Exactly. And I have a saying that, you know, don't do it now, do it right now. Yeah. If you, that's exactly right. And, 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 and you want to make sure that you're doing things because, again, you're inspired to do it. It's not because you have to do it. If you're doing things you have to do, it's gonna you're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle. You're gonna struggle. But but try to figure out that it's a very very fine line, and it's not and it's and it's actually almost doing nothing. For example, you use the example when you said when you're in the shower, you got these ideas, right? And and, and as soon as you said that, of course, that's exactly that's some of the, the same happened to me. So I could relate really really quick. But if, when you have those uh, inspirational ideas that come to you, you don't go get them. You're not going to, you can't force this to happen. You got to allow these ideas. They're out there. You got to allow them to come to you. And when that happens, you will be, in, you should be inspired to get up and go get it done. Right. And that's the, that's the flow. That's, that's how, you know, you're going to, you're onto something really, really big. And I think everybody, no matter where you are in life currently at the highest, high or the lowest low has these thoughts but it's the successful mm-hmm. people in the world that are able to manage the negative ones that come in and try to put that that fire out. You know what I'm saying? It's like the people that can take that and just feed off of that good idea and not let the self-doubt, not let the no one's going to listen to me. How could someone like me do this, et cetera, get to them? And one thing that you are really good at and something that really inspired me in our first conversation was when you talked about your goal setting and how one year you wrote oh. down so many goals and then apparently like yeah. the next year, you, apparently you hit them. Can you kind of walk us through how to wow. be like your, your your thoughts on goal setting and kind of that experience you had? Yeah, it was actually when I was in the printing industry, uh, I, I started reading all these books. I got positively addicted to personal development and I learned a little bit about goal setting and, I, and, I, and, and, and someone said, you got to write them down. You got to write them down, right? And so I wrote on a on a legal sheet of paper. You know what that is? Uh, maybe a lot of the listeners won't know, but it's a larger than eight and a half, eleven. It's a legal piece of paper. And I wrote, I'll never forget this: twenty goals of what I wanted in the future. Twenty goals. And I folded this little piece of paper and I put it in my desk. About a year later, I was moving into my brand new house that I had just purchased, and I was cleaning out the desk. And I found this little piece of paper and I opened it up, and it blew my mind. Of the 20 goals that I had written down, 19 of them had been accomplished already, Not, and including buying a five-bedroom house, right? Including going to Hawaii for three weeks, including I was driving an Audi, an Audi uh, car, right? And I never drove an Audi. I had it. I had it. I had it. I had them. And of the 20, 19 had been accomplished. I said, never again 
am I going to write my goals on a piece of paper because I'm going to lose it? So what I put together was I bought this little book and I call it the victory book. And I started writing my goals. I set over 4,700 personal goals. And, a, and every time I would achieve one, I, and there was a specific way that I, that, I, that I set these goals very, very specifically. And I'm coming up with a book coming up probably within 30 days. And it's not only a book, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a workbook. So the, the, the power in the book is not me. I'm going to give the instructions. The power is the person that puts the inform, their information into the book. But my uh, victory book, I wouldn't, if someone offered me a couple million dollars for it, I wouldn't sell it. I would not sell it because it's so valuable, right? And I, I got to record all the the goals that I had set and the victories that I accomplished, right? So that's um that that's my my goal setting. And what I started to do because I knew it wasn't being taught in schools, I started to to go around to all the high schools in Ottawa and in Toronto, uh, Canada, and I started talking to the students, you know, from anywhere from grade nine to grade twelve. And, and I did a two-hour seminar called the Victory Seminar, and I started. And part of that seminar I would teach them a very specific goal-setting strategy, so simple that I could teach an eight-year-old how to set the goal, right? And so, and how to get those goals. So the philosophy is basically this: you got to have too many goals rather than too few goals. You got to have too many goals. Why? Because goals are like magnets, and they, they'll pull you forward. They'll pull you forward into and into a bigger and a grander and more amazing future. And so uh, that that's kind of my philosophy on goals. I know there's some, you know, goal setting systems that are so complicated that I forget it. I mean, I'll, I'll do it for a day or two, but it's the, the, for me, it didn't work. What worked for me was a very, very simple, simple uh, technique and a very simple strategy. I put it all together, but easy, easy, easy for an eight year old even to understand. And the most important thing is that you got to record those things and not on a piece of paper. People say, write it down. Yeah, but write it down in a real book, in a real goal setting book that you just keep track of those goals and accumulate. And that to me is like money in the bank. That to me is wealth accumulation, by the way, is when you get to you get to pick up your, you know, you get to pick up your your goal setting book and you get to look at all the, you know, especially when you have a down day, when you have a day that didn't go so well, you know what I would do, because they do come, I would go to my book and I would say, hey, look at those victories that I achieved. Look at the car I'm driving. Look at how much money I made. Look at how many people I helped. And I got a victory, a victory, a victory. And then it would change my state very, very quickly, right? And so develop that habit of, you know, writing your goals down somewhere where you can find them. And so not very many people, a lot of people think they write goals. But if I ask them, can you show me where they are? Yeah, they're in pieces of paper all over, you know, and if I can find them, I'll, I'll show them to you. But... That's that's yeah. awesome. And, and 30, 40 days from now, whenever this comes out, um, shoot me a message and I'll link the uh, victory book oh, to the great. show notes of this because I think that would be Yeah, extreme. I'm fired up. I mean, this has been um, uh, I, I, over 20 years I've had this dream and I said, it's not the time. It's not the time. Guess what? The time is now. I think the world needs to dream bigger. The world, people all over the world need to. And, and here's the cool thing. My vision for this book is to is to get parents to read it and teach their children as long as they're over eight years old, maybe younger, but I'm thinking eight years old is perfect, no problem. But learn this strategy. It's so simple that the parents could do it, right? And the parents pass it on. That's a gift. That And that's a gift. Let the children, imagine if we started setting goals when we were eight years old. You know, I didn't even know what a goal was until I was maybe in, you know, when I started reading Thinking Grow Rich when I was 19 years old. Fortunately, some people have lived their whole life and they've never read Think and Grow Rich or never read these, you know, positive books. But imagine I'm just blown away by the power of teaching a, a young child how to set their dreams and to dream big and to, 
you know, and 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 to know that there are no limits on how big you can dream. And so when you said earlier today, uh, you said, hey, have you ever got to the point where, you know, you kind of you're up here you're, and you can't go any big. No, 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 no. When I'm up as high as I can be, I know there's uh, 20,000 more levels that are even higher. I always know that that it's just the beginning. I'm on level one of a thousand, for example. Right. So I look at life that way, that no matter the height, no matter what is happening, no matter how good things are going, it can get even better. It can get even, you can, you know, it's almost like saying, hey, have you ever been so happy that you, you didn't think you'd get happier? And it's like, yeah, you know, I get happy. But imagine that 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 there's no limit to, to how happy, you know, you can be. There's no limit to how much love that there is. There's it's it's, it's everywhere. So that's that, you know, now you got me all fired up again. So. <laughs> well, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you probably have a huge smile on and you don't even realize it because that's what energy does. Like energy attracts like energy. And Shane has the biggest smile on his face as he's talking about these things he loves. And I mean, that's one of the biggest joys I get out of the podcast and just out of speaking to anybody of influence and success because you feel that energy and those principles. And if you surround yourself with enough of it, eventually you will become a part of it. And I mean, Shane, you started as a gopher. You started yeah. a long time ago as a gopher doing the printing and publishing. Yeah. And I mean, you started ground floor and everybody's going to start ground floor, whether you're 20, whether you're 14, whether you're 55 years old, at any time you can go off and make moves on your dreams, which really asks the key question that I love asking on this, on this podcast is what would you say to the person right now that's maybe working a nine to five job? They might like it, they might sort of like it, they might hate it, they might make no money, they might make a comfortable living, they might be making Google engineering money, like they're good. But deep down inside, they're not satisfied, they're not happy, they don't know that this is what they want to do. They wake up every day feeling unmotivated, and even though their bank account might be big, they just don't feel satisfied. But deep down inside, maybe they've been in the shower and they thought about having a sweet idea. They got a nice little brain berry float into their head about maybe, wow, I could start my own business or, wow, I could work for myself or, wow, I could get started in network marketing or whatever it is. I could write an ebook, a book, or novel or do something. What would you say to that person that's right on the cusp of making a massive breakthrough and change in their life? All right. What comes to my mind, two things and only two things and they're simple. And it may not make sense to some of the listeners, but if you just remember uh, these two things, I think, you, and, and just keep repeating to yourself. Number one, dream bigger. Have a bigger dream. And so you have an idea of a dream, make it bigger and make it more colorful. If you close your eyes and you think about this dream that you have or this inspiration, make it bigger, make it full. Of, like I look at the, the lion behind you, it's full of color. Make it even brighter than that, you know, make it brighter. So make your dreams bigger and make them brighter, number one. Number two, you got to believe in yourself. You know, you got you have to believe in yourself because no matter what your idea is, if you don't believe in you, who's going to follow you? If you don't believe in you, who's going to do what? What are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, I've got this great idea, but you know what? I don't really believe. Believe in yourself. You are powerful. You're you're a genius. You know, you're, you're already a genius. And most people have never been told that they're a genius. They've never been told that they're awesome. They've never been told that they've got great humor. They've never been told that they've got great ideas. But why, why not Why not tell yourself that over and over and, and develop that belief in yourself that you are unstoppable no matter what. When you fall, and you surely will, get up. 
It doesn't matter. The fall, I don't care. You know, we do work with people all the time and they make mistakes. I really couldn't, I really don't care if you make a mistake. What I care is get up right now, not now, get up right now. And if you fall again, get up faster, just get up faster. And so um, those are the two things. Number one, dream bigger and you got to find ways to believe in yourself. And if you start reading inspirational books, uh, Think and Grow Rich is my all-time favorite uh, there's the, the, my top three are Think and Grow Rich and Think and Grow Rich and Think and Grow Rich. Those are the three top okay, in my library. But I've got I've read maybe over 800 books on personal growth and personal development. But that's the that's my foundation. So if you don't believe in yourself, um, it's gonna you're gonna have a struggle. And so find ways to believe in yourself and 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 write it down. Write all the things. Part of the victory book is going to be a little section that says what I like about myself. And when were we ever taught to write to keep track of things that you like about yourself? You know, uh, and many time you think of something, hey, man, you know what? I'm a really funny guy. Write that down. You know what? I have a great sense of humor. Write it down. You know, uh, man, I'm really generous. Write that down. Right. Uh, I like helping people. Write that down. Right. So all the things that you think about, write it down. about. And now all of a sudden your belief in yourself starts going up. And when you go to present your idea, when you go to present your strategy, when you go to present your new business, when you go to present your new opportunity, when you believe in yourself, it's not the words that you're going to use that's going to convince the person. It's the energy uh, that transmits to the other person that says, I don't know what that person just said, but I believe that they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And so that that's kind of uh, my little my my little tip. I hope uh, uh, I hope everyone uh, uh, enjoyed that. And, and, and if you didn't get it, just re-listen to this thing over and over and over again until you go, wait a second, this is not that difficult. I could probably do this, right? I could probably dream bigger, you know, and you want to get fired up, dream, have a bigger dream, right? Get a bigger dream. And if you know, there's people that you run into all the time, they're always sick or they're always complaining. You know, their problem is they don't have a dream. They don't have a big enough dream. And maybe it was because they were never told that it's possible. And dreams are free, by the way. It's free to dream. There's no charge. And you can do it 24-7. You can do it while you're driving. You can do it while you're working. You can do it in the shower. You could do it anytime. It's free. And it's going to change the way you feel. And so if it feels good, keep doing it. If it feels bad, if you have a dream and it doesn't feel so good, it's called a nightmare. Stop having those, right? So anyway, focus on what makes you feel good and you'll do, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll do things that are just, um, that will amaze you. That will amaze you. Woo. Damn, the mic is too hot. I got to put it out. I love that. <laughs> Seriously, that is some yeah. powerful stuff. And like you said, if you guys, ah, I'm going to have to, I can't wait to re-listen to that because I need to learn it better and just and just get stronger. So thank you again for sharing that. You're welcome. Um, is there uh, any way that people could see more of Shane Morand? Is there anything that you'd like to to let the viewers know? Like if, if I wanted to hear more of maybe your talks or get inf information on your book besides, you know, going to the show notes of this podcast, is there anything else you'd want to include? Yeah, there's there's we're, we're, we're just redeveloping the ShaneMoran.com. And so I'm going to be putting up a few uh, free ebooks on on the seven reasons uh, you're not financially independent. In my opinion, there are seven reasons that if you're not financially independent, here are the seven reasons why. You get these, get one of them straightened out, and you'll do okay. Get two or three or four, get all seven, and you'll be on a different track. Uh, the victory book is going to be on there. One and victorybook.com will have it. But that's it. Or Google, you can Google me. I'm all over the place. But um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a pleasure to be on this. I really want to thank you. For, and, and it's an honor for me to be on your show. And I'm really looking forward to uh, to following your success because I know you've got a big, uh, big future. This is a great idea that you have sharing information with people that are trying to, you know, just just do something awesome out there. And I think it's a it's a real powerful service that's in demand. That's going to be so much in demand. And here's the cool thing about what you're doing. People could listen to it over and over and over and over, that space repetition, just hearing it again, hear it one more time, hear it one more time, do it again, until all of a sudden they start living, you know, they start living the the communication, they start taking these pieces and putting it together. And that's what happened to me. That's exactly what happened to me when I was listening to all of these motivational speakers with cassettes back in the day. And I would listen to those things until I burnt them out. And and I, I didn't notice it all the time the first day or the second day or the second week, but usually within about six weeks of listening to these things, like you said, The Art of Living by Jim Rohn, what a classic. I mean, that's a that's a classic. But all of a sudden, you're, at a, you're in a conversation, you say something, wow, that came right from that, that came right from that audio. Now it belongs to you, you own it. Now that's who you are, it becomes a part of who you are, right? And that's the magic of these audios that people could just download and turn their drive time, turn that radio off, by the way, and just, Throw throw your radio that you have in the car in the garbage and listen to these type this type of information, you know. Listen to information that's going to help you, you know, grow. Uh, and 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 imagine the mentorship that you can have just in your car, going back and forth to work, getting ideas, one idea a day. Wow! At the end of the year, you got 365 awesome ideas, right? So I hope uh, in 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 this particular uh, chat that people feel that it was a great investment of their time. I mean, that to me would be awesome if they said, man, that was a great investment listening to this talk that Shane had with Ian and it was great the way they're going back and forth and sharing ideas that came out of where? Where did these come out of, you know? The shower. Just, yeah, <laughs> came out of the shower. It's just like one idea after the next, right? Yeah, well, this is just fertilizer, fer brain fertilizer. I love it. But uh, thank you so much for hopping on okay. again. Till next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Len Jones Party of Two. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to stay up to date on our new episodes. And remember, hope is not a strategy. Keep making moves. Till next time, peace.